going to start this one. <laughs> we talk about this every time. I don't know. You want me to just go into? Sure. Or do you want to go into? <laughs> you want to do that or you want me to? I guess you can. Well, welcome back. We are here and so excited to be back on the air. We told you we'd be back. It just took us four years. <laughs> but here we are. This is Lisa. And this is Robin. And we're back with Ghosts Raised in the South. Here for all your haunting ghost stories south of the Mason-Dixon line. We did our re-intro right. episode mm-hmm. that was totally unscripted, and if it sounded like it was unscripted, it totally was, mm-hmm. which were not really scripted. I mean, we have notes and things, but that one was just like, we got our microphones and we're like, okay, let's record something. It was very awkward. I, I was glad to get that one out of the way, because if we would have just immediately dove right into just picking a city, like a random city, and, you know, it's still awkward. Still getting yeah. used to it, but. Yeah, yeah. We mainly wanted to just do that for the the new setup. So, as you if you listen to the reintro episode, we are doing random city generators live at mm-hmm. the end of each episode. So we don't even know what our next city is, what our next story is, what our next ghost is. Like we start from scratch and go from there. Mm-hmm. I was really excited at the end of the episode to go back home and look up my city, which is Winston Salem, North Carolina. Still have never heard of it. But. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're about to. Here. Did you find some things? Like, was there uh, an amount of stuff to choose from? So or? when I started looking at it, I was like, I'm going to have a hard time with this. Mm. But then, like, you know, it just started going mm-hmm. like dominoes. And mm-hmm. I finally found a place. And then it was like domino, domino, domino. So I think, nice. so I think I'm good. I think, I think, uh, I hope I did enough research. Oh, well, you know, it's our first one. So. Yeah. Well, I had a I had a big city, so I thought I would I would have a lot to choose from. And I, I kinda did, but at the same time, you know, it was St. Louis, Missouri. Right. I cheated. You'd, how do you what? Well how do you cheat? Okay, so when I was looking for stuff in St. Louis, there was like I said, a lot to choose from, but the place that I picked technically is not in St. Louis. It's like thirty minutes west of St. Louis. I guess so, that's I guess that's cheating. Yeah, I'll do better. I will do better. <laughs> but when I started researching, and this was this was listed in like one of the St. Louis and surrounding area haunts, I I just kind of gravitated towards it. And it, like like you said, it was like dominoes. It was just like story after story after story. So I just I I couldn't help it. I will do better next time. I'll stick I'll stick within the city limits. Okay, I'll forgive you. All right, the listeners will forgive you. This is your one. Uh, everybody gets one, so I'm, I'm using it on the first one. I don't know if that's great, but especially when I had a big city. I, I know. I was like, dang, Robin got lucky and got a huge city, and then I had this city that I had kind of heard of that's in North Carolina, and I was like, man, I bet she's having so much luck over there. Outside of the city. No. Nope. <laughs> but anyway, we, we'll get into our stories in just a minute. How have you been this week? 
have been good. Halloween's coming up. I know. I know. We are hoping to get this episode out on or right after mm-hmm. Halloween, depending on the time. Yeah. I'm very excited for Halloween. Got my house decorated. Got it real spooky. Lots of cobwebs and skeletons and all the spooky things. Your house is really good. Mine is, it's pretty bare right now, which is, it's sad because I've got a lot to work with. Got a lot of Halloween decorations, but it's just, I don't know. This year, I was just tired. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. I get it. If I didn't have the motivation of the kids uh, Mm -hmm. begging me every five minutes to put up Halloween decorations, probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Except for my ghosts. I would have put my ghosts out at least. I I have started a collection of ghosts. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm going to keep them out all year, (laughs) though. I don't think they're going to go back in the box. I'm just going to keep them out all year. Just keep them out. Just keep adding to the collection. Yeah. I like it. That's what I want to do. Love it. As we come back each month, you can you can share what's your latest ghost that you've <sighs> added to the collection. That would be awesome. Yeah. Get one ghost a month. That's 12 new ghosts a year. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so yeah, so we got Halloween coming up. Spooky season. It's our favorite season of the year for obvious reasons, I guess. Do you want to go first? Uh, on your sure, story? sure. Okay. I will jump right in. I got my notes here. Big, big breath. Big breath. Got to get used to this again. All right, hold on. Let me get situated so okay. that I can fully stare at you right. while you read me your story. So as you remember, I, I got St. Louis, Missouri, mm-hmm. but technically the place that I picked is in Wildwood, Missouri. So, Wildwood. Yeah, okay. Wildwood. There's probably some people out there that as soon as you hear I picked Wildwood, you're like, oh, I know what she picked. Because apparently it's a very, very active and well-known place. I have Uh, never heard of it. Well, 30 minutes west of St. Louis, there's a place that has been nicknamed Zombie Road. Pause for reaction from Lisa. The eyebrows are raised. Her interest is peaked. She's ready. Okay. (laughs) Zombie Road. Yeah. Okay. So what this is, is... What is this place? (laughs) (laughs) That's the nickname of it. That's where what apparently everybody knows it as, but its official name is called the Al Foster Trail. And so it's this this trail, this walking and cycling trail that is located in the middle of this 273-acre public park and conservation area. So they've got multiple trails around this this area in Missouri, but this one in particular is the uh, spookiest of them all. So there isn't a road sign that says Zombie Road. Not that I saw. Okay. But I would not be surprised if somebody out there like made some makeshift you oh, okay. know, road sign that said Zombie Road. So it used to be called the Lawler Ford Road. And that was like a long time road that was constructed back in the 1860s. And if you're familiar with Missouri, there's there's the uh, Merrimack River that is located kind of, I guess it's on the bottom part of this conservation. And the conservation is called uh, Merrimack Greenway. So that's where all the trails are. And this particular trail of Zombie Road, it takes over an hour to walk 
And it dead ends, too, in this state park. So you mm. you basically walk the trail, and then it kind of sounds like you have to walk right back. How many hours? <clears throat> One hour. It takes hour. an hour so, to walk so, it. So two hours, because you got to get to the end, and then mm-hmm. you have to walk it back. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And, sounds miserable. Oh, it's wooded, too. Lots of pictures and stuff around there. It's just really thick, you know, canopy of trees over it. And it's just miles of forest around you. So it's not like a strip of forest. Like I said, there's like 273 acres of forest around this oh thing. Oh, my gosh. And if you look at like an aerial map, this thing just goes right, just winding down the middle of that. And so that's probably why it's one of the most haunted trails out there. And the trail itself is somewhere between two miles long and three miles long. I think it's okay. more so two miles. But okay. I got I got to say two and three because I got conflicting, conflicting data on that. Gotcha. It actually ends... Uh, near the Merrimack River. And and there's also like a rock quarry around there too. So a little history of it. This trail, now that it's paved, it was not always paved, obviously. Right. And it was a natural pathway in these woods. So it was just like the trees just naturally made this this trail and this clearing. That's interesting. I know. And then centuries 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 guys between 900 and 1400 ad it was oh yeah okay i'll say that again between 900 and 1400 ad it was populated by native americans and and indigenous people and it sits on one of the largest native american burial mounds in the country oh wow states yeah wow at its peak there were over 40,000 occupants around that time in that time period Mm -hmm. okay yeah and a lot i know and then europeans began settling in the area and the uh, one of the things that I read was that the disappearances of the natives around the area, that it remains a mystery. Put some more dates on this. 1818 to 1832 was kind of when the, the tribe started kind of moving more and more west. So it says that they gave up their land and then they just kept moving in, in that mm. direction towards like Oklahoma. That puts us around 1832. Okay. Then, of course, what happens after 1832, give or take about 30 years? I don't know. I feel like we need to start making a drinking game out of this. Like, every time we say the Civil War, (laughs) you need to take a sip. Yeah, 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 (laughs) I agree. (laughs) So, allegedly, that that pathway, that natural trail, it was used by the St. Louis militia to fight Confederates. So, like, they would hide in the woods and then as as troops were, like, going through the trail, they would sneak attack. Oh, wow. So you can assume that lots of deaths happened yeah. along that trail. And then after the war, in 1868, the Glencoe Marble Company started to establish a business out there. And so basically they were mining limestone. Okay. That's where that rock quarry is. I was going to say. And they also set up a railway over there, too. And they used that to, you know, haul gravel and and move limestone deposits around. So it started as that kind of dirt path. And then around the, you know, when Glencoe was using, using it, they turned it into a gravel road okay so then around the time that glencoe's using it you know it's it's wooded it's nice it's got these you know nice water features with the river over there in the 1900 early 1900 they start turning it into a resort community 
So really? they start building these nice cabins huh. and stuff out there. Okay. And people start setting up and having their nice little summer homes almost. So then we're moving along in time. Prohibition happens. Yeah. And then so nearby towns are, they're having their little speakeasies and they're using these trails and woods to make their liquor runs. So then that also brings mob and gangster activity. Oh, naturally. Yeah. yeah. Of course, the people who got on the wrong side of the mob, they were disposed of. Oh. They, they, they disappeared. They disappear. Whether in the woods or in the river, they gone. So that would be, yeah. Thick, thick footed area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Nice lot, a lot of space to, mm-hmm. to get rid of somebody. But, you know, you can imagine they're starting to build along the riverbanks, starting okay. to make these cabins. The quarry's running. It's got their railroad. They're, they're using the trail, the quarry people are, mm-hmm. as a utility road for trucks. Mm-hmm. For hauling everything back hauling, and forth. Hauling stuff. Yeah. So then the people who build their houses and their shacks and their little vacation stuff along the river. But then things starts to kind of slow down a little bit in the 1940s. And so those shacks and and houses and cabins and stuff started to become abandoned. Is is it because Prohibition is now over with? Maybe. I don't know. That could be. I didn't really see anything about why those people started. Maybe that's where all the mobsters lived, right on the river. You know what I mean? You know. Quarries and all of the things. You got the railroad right Mm -hmm. there to move your stuff. And yeah, that could be. Then, somewhere around the 1950s, that's where it started to get the nickname Zombie Road. The thing that sparked the Zombie Road, what I'm hearing is it was this urban legend, which I'll get to that in the haunts part. Just, you know, 1950s, it's got this little urban legend. Mm -hmm. It's been abandoned, essentially, for 10 years. So this becomes the obvious hangout for juveniles and teenagers to go out in the woods and party. Oh, 100%. That is exactly where I would go if I was in the 50s. Yeah. I would probably still go there. I know. And I'm old. (laughs) I can remember partying in the woods back when I was a juvenile. Mm. And now I'm scared to take my kids to the grocery store. Mm. (laughs) It's funny how that, it's because we were so, never mind, my mom's listening. <laughs> we're adult, adults. 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 Time to adult. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, of course, you know, you're going out there, teenagers, and mm-hmm. there's all of these dilapidated shacks and structures from the old southern homes and vacation spots along the river. Which um, is 100% where I would want to go look. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Imagine things you could find in there. Oh, man. Anyway. I know. Moving on. So the quarry actually closed around the 1970s as well. So things just keep getting more and more abandoned out there. Around that time, it just continues to become the home for lots of parties and drinking out mm-hmm. in the woods over by the river and stuff. Juvenile so. delinquent. <laughs> exactly. Fearless. Yes. <laughs> Then I actually started reading about floods that were happening in the area. You got the river right there. Right. And so not sure what happened, what caused the floods, but for any of the people that were still around that area that still lived there, there started being these buyouts where they would relocate people. And the floods happened in like 1979, 1982, 1993. And it even said in 1993, the waters were like 10 feet high for four weeks. And so they had to relocate people. Oh, wow. Yeah. If anybody else was still there, they were relocated. Oh, wow. The trail and everything, um, 
didn't it kind of stood there still probably teenagers going out there partying and stuff <laughs> but nothing really happened until about 2010 oh wow okay, and 2010 we're we're getting close yeah okay. we're we're getting close to present day imagine 2010 you got all your your fitness junkies and mm. so now of course we have to pave the trail and it's now used to present day a place where people go and walk their dogs and they cycle and they oh. jog and but yeah. it is completely closed at night. At night, you will be fined a thousand dollars if cops find you out there. Wow! So, so it, is it is it one of those parks where it's like open at sunset, closed at sun? Or wait, is that right? Open uh, at sunrise. <laughs> yeah, it's basically okay, it's closed okay. dusk everybody, to every, dawn. Every, okay, there we go. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Dusk we, we know to dawn. Oh yeah, dawn yeah. to dusk. Whatever. And it is beautiful during the day. You know, I got on, on YouTube and was watching videos of people that walk or jog or, or anything along mm -hmm. those trails during the daytime. And you do see up kind of towards the beginning of where the trail starts, there's these huge houses, beautiful houses over towards are, the beginning. And next to the trail? Yeah, like in the beginning parts of okay. the trail. Yeah. But as you get farther in, there's just nothing, nothing but woods. It's still very beautiful. Uh, don't get me wrong, but it's what I'm hearing is that when the sun goes down, that's when the vibe totally changes. Hmm. So, and then just like even, even pictures, you can find pictures online. There's like some super rickety bridges over there. And what I actually saw was that there's 13 wooden bridges on, along this trail. 13? 13 in, bridges. So in, in, in a two mile trail. Yeah. Is that what you said? Two mm -hmm. miles? Yeah. Wow. I actually, I even have some pictures, so I'm going to show Lisa. Like, here's an example of one of the bridges. Okay. It's not bad. It looks beautiful, right? Yeah. You see yeah. the trees. Yeah. You uh, see the... You know, wood wooden bridge, you know, railings, wooden railings. And then here's another. Okay. That one looks like a uh, suspension type bridge, maybe? Something like that. It's still yeah. wood, though. It, but it's also a little more rickety. A little more rickety. Right? It, yeah, there are some planks missing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Again, it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful scenery, thick yeah. woods all around you, though. Yeah, I could definitely see a ghost hanging out there. Anyway, yeah. here's another. Here's another bridge. Is that one of wood too? That one might be stone. It looks like stone, but yeah. maybe it's a dark. It's a dark photo. It is dark. But so you got thirteen bridges, and then you've got all of the dilapidated cabins and stuff, uh, which I actually there. also yeah. Oh yeah, I want to see one pictures of, those. of the dilapidated cabins. And we'll put some of these on Instagram, too. Okay, and so we're talking those were built in the 20s? No, these would have been built probably some around the 20s, but they started building these communities and cabins around 1900. Oh, around 1900. So, so I was super old. Yeah, you can, you can definitely... Oh, wow. There's, like, trees growing through them and all kinds of vegetation. Yeah. I mean, the roofs are gone and stuff, but you can still see the stone walls. Mm -hmm. You can still see where the doors are. Mm -hmm. So those pictures are online, but we might might put some on Instagram too. So that's a little bit of the history, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of stuff going on. You've got the um, the original settlers of the people that inhabited the with the Native American tribes. And then you've got the European settlers that came and were just awful. And then you've got... <laughs> A lot of Civil War activity. St. Louis was a big player in the Civil War. Drink if you're yeah, playing. <laughs> and then you've got some industry, right? Mm -hmm. You've got the rock quarry out there. You've got people vacationing along mm -hmm. the river. 
then it just starts kind of going downhill. The prohibition stuff mm-hmm. that that ends, and the cabins they're abandoned. Mm-hmm. Starts to become, you know, the mecca for all of the teenage hoodlums going out finding a place to go with their date to just start necking that's just all i imagine it's just let's go out there let i'm gonna get handsy and (laughs) obviously now it is a nice place for you to go and cycle so and walk your dog yeah lots of different a lot of thing. different stuff. Lots of up and downs of that area. For that sure. is that is yeah. That's that's one of the things that I noticed is in the research is that a lot of good, a lot of bad, and we can probably start getting into the haunts because of the natural way that this has been made. This pathway has been made with the trees and stuff. A lot of people said that they feel like it is almost like a paranormal funnel, you know? Oh. It's like stuff just kind of gets, I don't know, sucked into it almost. Like a a vortex vortex. almost. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. There's a a few things that definitely happen out there. Everything from, I'm just going to give you like the 30,000 foot view and then we'll dive into some of these specific stories. Okay. Everything from... You know, this is a place where there's been, like, cult activity out there. There's been shadow people seen out there. There's been apparitions. There's been noises. There's been scratches. There's been urban legends. So many things. So... I'm intrigued. This is is why I broke the rules, right? Yeah, like, yes. (laughs) I'm on the edge of my seat, for real. All right. So one of the first things that I saw, this is actually on the on the news in, I think, 2013 was when this happened. A woman and her aunt had gone horseback riding. And then um, after horseback riding, they decided to go on a walk on the trail. And so horseback riding, they're wearing, imagine, the um, riding chaps and stuff, this like thick leather. And they start walking along the trail road. And the woman says in her interview that she was a non-believer before this. She never thought twice about paranormal stuff. They all say that. They all say that. (laughs) (laughs) And so they get pretty far into the trail. And she said, along the trail, you just kind of start feeling the the weird vibe. Mm-hmm. I think the sun's starting to go down, or they might have already. Oh, you're gonna get that fine. If I you know. Don't get out of there. I know. I was thinking that too because she might have even said that it was nighttime, yeah. and so I'm thinking that too, girl. Don't get caught. But they began to feel cold pockets, so temperature changes mm-hmm. right along the trail, mm-hmm. and just having that overall creepy feeling. And then somewhere along, pretty deep in the trail. They hear what she describes as a sound that she's never heard before, and she describes it as this loud screeching sound, or like a squeal, like a woman or a teenage girl, just high-pitched squeal. Uh. And simultaneously, like instantly, she feels this sharp pain this around her leg, this what? sensation. So she hears the scream, mm-hmm. a sharp shrill 
Yeah, she she described it like a squeal of a scream um, by a woman. Or... And then at the same time that the scream is happening, her leg starts hurting. Yeah, yeah. The, okay. A sharp pain sensation on her leg. I just, made, I just wanted to make sure I got that right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, needless to say, she and her aunt leave, uh, right? Yeah. Turn around, and I don't know how far they were in, but, I mean, my goodness. I, uh, I'm instantly out of there. Look, I'm hearing somebody screaming, I'm getting out of there. Yeah. So they left, and when they got to wherever they were, remember she had riding chaps on. Right. It's like thick leather, leather riding chaps. Right. And she found visible scratches <gasps> on her leg. No. And there was nothing on the outside. Nothing on the leather, nothing on her pants. Nothing like, that she should have been able to to feel through those things. Like if she had, like, ran through a bush or something or like a tree limb or something like it still would have made a mark on the leather. Yeah. Yeah. It would have, it would have had to have gone through the layers that she had for her to have those scratches, but there was no sign of anything on her, her clothing that she had or the leather chaps. So do we have a photo? No, she didn't have a photo at the time. Um, she did have the chaps though. (laughs) (laughs) She showed, she showed the chaps and they were thick. Yeah. Leather, leather chaps, man. Yeah. And and, you know, this non-believer was turned believer after that. Okay. That's just one specific instance that you can find online. Other just kind of like general things. There's been sightings of native Americans, Mm. sightings of civil war soldiers. Take a drink. (laughs) and the men who may have been working at the quarry that had been killed through accidents of that. Oh, wow. So several apparitions. Several apparitions. There is also another story about uh, multiple people who remember those dilapidated cabins. They're abandoned and stuff. People saying that they hear a woman scream. And some say that they even see this woman standing in the doorway of one of those cabins. And from the, Uh yeah, and from, she's standing over at the old shacks over by the river. So they hear her or they see her and they go to investigate. Like, it's not that there's an apparition. It's that they almost feel like that is a real person that needs help. So they go to investigate. And for those who see her, as they get closer, she disappears. Yeah. And that's Ooh. the only thing that disappears, though. Some people have say that they see shacks out there, and then they go walking towards the shacks, and the shacks disappear. What? Yeah. A whole building? A whole building. God? Not even a building. Some have even said whole little towns and communities. What? No. Yes. Uh-uh. No, that's a yes. lie. <laughs> Lisa's calling their bluff. She says, nah. <laughs> Nah. Yeah, but like they see these structures out there, some single structures, some like like a whole community and they're walking towards them and it just disappears. Oh my god. No. I don't know what I would do if that happened. First of all, I no. No. Because even at that point, if you're like thinking about the layout of this, by the time you get to those shacks, you're pretty much at the dead end of the trail. So you're going to have to turn around and go an hour back out. Uh-uh. That's uh, no, uh-uh. I just saw something disappear, and now I gotta walk an hour back. I'm not gonna be walking. <laughs> <laughs> well, so my time might go down a little bit, not much, because I can't run very far without stopping. Right? <laughs> I feel you. 
But um, some other things, too, is, you know, there's also this ghost of a small boy who fell into the river and his body was never found. So some people say that they still see his precious sweet little spirit out there. Oh, man. Yeah. So another kind of creepy thing, you know, we're talking about going in and out. Some people who walk the zombie road said that it appears different each time they take it. So it's different... And and what I mean by different is some people say that it just visibly looks different, that it it just feels different. Like, I thought that this went this way, but now it's going this way. Or Like the trail is changing? Yeah, yeah, like the trail and the surroundings have changed. Some say that the time is different. What? No. Almost like, yeah, some people have said that they feel like when they're they're turning around and they're going back out, Mm -hmm. the time is much longer. Like, you can't get back out of the trail. And the curves change, because this is a winding trail, and sometimes the trees even seem thicker when you're going back out of the trail. I thought you were about to tell me the trees were moving. (laughs) I was like, you're not going to tell me they got up out of their roots and was moving around. No, no. Not, not nothing like that. Nothing, I didn't see that. Hey, maybe somebody out there can. can I just imagine you know, like the roots coming up and it just back down. Like Lord of the Rings. Remember the walking trees? No, this was more like you're going in the in the path, and then when you're on your way back out of the path, it's like wow, there's more trees out here. There's more tree coverage, and it's just darker. Now, of course, you know, that could be the sun setting, but right. there's there's that. It could be the lighting. Could be the lighting. You know, we got to rationalize these things. Mm-hmm. So one of the other things, I got a couple of other, other pieces that I want to talk about as far as the haunts go. So there is this urban myth, right? And I think that this started around the 1950s because this is around the time that it was starting to be called the zombie road. Okay. okay? So supposedly... There was this killer named Zombie. You just took a 180 here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were we were talking about spirits and seeing things and stuff, but now we're actually talking about like a person. Oh, but okay. let let's be clear, this is why it's an urban legend because there's there's no research or anything that I could find on an actual killer named Zombie or anything that backed up some of the stories. So that's why it's a little, little urban myth here. But the story is that this guy, he escaped from an asylum and he wandered into the woods and nothing was ever found of him except for his clothes. So whatever he was wearing at the asylum okay. was found. I guess that means he was nude. I, I don't know. Maybe he had a change of clothes. Maybe he shawl shanked it. Shaw shanked it. Yeah, he shawl shanked it. He did. <laughs> But there's also some reports that his clothes were bloody, too. So don't know what that means. That's not Shawshanked. No, no. That was He was covered in something else. (laughs) Not blood. So some say that what he did was he sought shelter out in those dilapidated cabins and shacks. And yeah. So 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 they found the clothes Mm -hmm. from the assailant. Mm hmm. But never found him. But never found him. Okay. But what he would do is he would basically just 
come out and they say he, that he would stalk the teenagers that were out there partying in the so woods. That, so they're saying that he just, he lived in the woods. Okay. Yeah. He, he lived in the woods and the, the cabins basically near the woods and he would sneak out, not sneak out, and he would seek out the teenagers who would have gone over there to find a place to go and make out basically and they say that you know he killed the teenagers but again there's no record of like murders and stuff happening very jason like i know very very friday the 13th oh yeah yeah okay continue so then besides the teenagers too so there was kind of this parallel story about this um I guess he was a maintenance man at the Pythian Castle, which is kind of around the area. And this place used to be used as an orphanage between like 1913 and 1932. And so some people say that this maintenance man would terrorize the orphans and kill the orphans. Wait, and he worked there? Yeah. What? I know. I know. (laughs) Okay, moving on. But some say that that was the zombie killer. And so, you know, there's, that's, that's the thing about urban myths, you know, is several different stories. Yeah. Yeah. So either it's escaped asylum person who was stalking and killing teenagers, or it was the Pythian castle maintenance man working at the (laughs) orphanage, killing orphans. You decide. Um, Yeah. But the thing is, is that the castle is a real thing, but the asylum, I wasn't able to find like if there was a hospital around there. So Hmm. you be the judge on which story you believe. Okay. So another thing is uh, kind of having to relate to that castle is there was a documentary made in 2008 called Children of the Grave. (sighs) Yeah. And it was made by these guys called the Booth Brothers, uh, who worked for Spooked Productions. No relation, no relation to the other Booth Brothers that we've talked about previously on this podcast. Their name comes <laughs> up often mm-hmm. when we get together. But these guys were investigating, and they actually found a tunnel under the Pythian Castle, and they explored it. I oh. think it was like multiple tunnels. Oh my gosh. And allegedly, those tunnels were used to, like, move orphans around. What? Why would you... I don't know. Why would you move orphans under a tunnel? I don't know. Underneath the... But supposedly, this is where the guy, the maintenance man, would pick off those orphans. Ew. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, in the documentary and stuff, they're exploring it, and they were able to, like, capture screams and a large shadow man in the tunnel, too. So, that's not great. You can go check out that documentary. Yeah. They covered a, a few different locations, but they also went and covered our zombie road, oh, right? Nice. This is where one of the spookier images that was, I think it was shown in that documentary, was they had footage of shadow people. And Multiple Oh, yeah. At one time? Oh, yeah. At one time. I mean, they had some that was like single shadow person. Uh Uh-huh. But they actually like they wandered off of the path and into the forest. So they weren't on the trail. Mm. And there was this image of a line of shadow people among the trees. Uh Uh-uh. I'm about to show her. Oh, no. We'll put this on on the Instagram, too. But you can always Google it and see. But you can see. Here's the image. No. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's trees. Maybe it's bushes. 
But look at the water, too. <gasps> the water. There's no reflection in the there water. There isn't. And some people are like, oh, this is Photoshop. This is Photoshop. But in the documentary, it's live, right? I mean, technology. I mean. But at the same time, it's a very compelling photo. Like like you said, the not having the reflections of the shadow people mm-hmm. in the water that could be trees. And I mean, that's in there. That's probably like seven, eight, nine shadow people in a line. Easily. I I see two, four, six, eight, nine. I see nine. Tell me how many you see. I know. When I counted, it was somewhere around that. Yeah. And that is probably the most common thing around there is that people see these shadow people, these kind of like humanoid type creatures in the woods Mm. so the shadow people they they're always my least favorite thing Uh, (laughs) in any of the haunts like i know i know which is like that was kind of the same thing in in our little intro that we talked about where i had a person over the bed it was like that kind of dark figure Mm -hmm. but yeah those 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 entities are my least favorite in any haunt so that's always the thing that like gives me the chills yeah that type of stuff i I mean i had the chills when you showed me the photo yeah but then i was trying to rationalize it as they're just trees but with no reflection no reflection in the water (sighs) you know what it actually reminded me of it reminded me of that white noise movie (laughs) remember with the shadow people (laughs) oh michael keaton He's the best. He is the best. Best Batman. Oh, number one. Oh, let's see here. My, I guess my last thing, I wanted to end on something that was a real thing that okay. happened out there. Because you've got the the urban legends and the myths and mm-hmm. stuff and things that you can't really substantiate. But this was a real thing that happened out there. So a woman was hit by a train, tragically, Aww. in 1876. And her name was Della Hamilton McCullough. Okay. She was actually the wife of a local judge, and his name was Henry McCullough. And he was Justice of the Peace for like 30 years, is what I've read. So she was about 75 years old when she passed away, too. Oh my so she gosh. was well into right? her, her years in 1876. And I actually was able to find her obituary. So I thought that I might actually just read that too. It says, Yesterday morning, Miss McCullough, wife of Judge McCullough, who formerly held a seat on the county bench for many years, met with a tragic death at Glencoe. Now remember, Glencoe was the name of the company the, uh, that owned the quarry, the quarry. and worked yeah. at the quarry. It was Glencoe Marble Company. And it says, the deceased lady, who was 75 years of age, had been gathering beans in her garden, and while crossing the track of the quarry branch of the Pacific Railroad, which runs from the depot to the marble beds, some two miles north, was run over by the cars and instantly killed. The family is well known throughout the county, and the most intense feeling of sorrow was exhibited in the neighborhood of the unfortunate event. An inquest was held and a verdict returned in accordance with the facts. So this was a real thing that did happen. We've got it documented Mm -hmm. and stuff. But the haunting part of it is, of course, that people say that they see Della out there near the tracks, in the woods, in the cabin. Some have wondered if she's the woman in the cabin screaming. Oh, 
And people say that they see Della's ghost walk up and down the rail line and that she'll disappear when she's approached. And sometimes they see her kind of in this blue hue as well. Hmm. So that's how people know that it's her. You don't get many blue ghosts. No. Mm -mm. That's a characteristic that Mm -hmm. you don't see often. Mm -hmm. And then there's some other ghosts too that have to do with the rail line because... Uh, there were other rail car accidents and ghosts that came from that, those right. rail car accidents because apparently there were like some sharp turns on this rail line and that frequently led to derailments. Oh. And that was one of the things, those continued losses and stuff of why the uh, rail service was discontinued. Mm. So that's that's basically it. There's a lot of things out there. And it's open to the public, just not after dark. Just make sure you don't go there from dusk to dawn. I mean, it doesn't sound like I want to go there after dark. First of all, that shadow photo. Yeah. It did. Send some chills. Yeah, it does. Not explainable by the photo because of the no reflection, but it's... I just can't imagine their reaction capturing that photo. Or, you know what I mean? I know. I know. I mean... And I know it was nighttime and it was in the woods. Like, I, I, I couldn't even imagine even getting off of the trail, too. No, I'm not I'm not a woods at night type of person. No. I mean, even camping, no. No. My uncle actually ruined me on that because he told me this story about Carl. And maybe one day I'll share it with you all. Uh-huh. But um, thanks, Uncle Steve, for that. Yeah. So I don't go camping mm. at all. I mean, we have a trail that I will ride my bike down near our house, and there is just like a eerie feeling that you get when the sun is starting to go mm-hmm. down and starting to get dusk, and I pedal a bit harder, and I, <laughs> I try not to get stuck because you do. You feel like you're being watched or something. Yeah, maybe it's the trees. It could be the yeah, trees. They're watching. Getting ready to... Stand up and walk and move mm-hmm. around like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> wow, that was a lot of information. Zombie Road at Wildwood. Yeah, go, you guys, Google Google that photo and look it up as we're talking about it because it is, it's very compelling. It really is. Um, if it's not Photoshopped, like you said, but mm-hmm. if they caught it in real time, then that would be kind of hard to explain. But <sighs> Feels good. <laughs> feels good to do the research and yeah. it feels good to share the story. Yeah. That's okay. not one I have ever heard of before. And it sounds like it's a very, the land itself, like you said, with the, with the Native Americans, you know, and all that. It's just full of energy and. Mm-hmm. I mean, that like natural pathway that it makes, right? Right. Maybe there is some sort of uh, thing that draws that energy into Ooh, that place. I wonder if it's on a ley line. Oh. Um, somebody find out, let us know. Yeah, send it in. Send it in to us. <laughs> that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. It may be. I may have to Google that myself. <laughs> Are you good? I'm so ready. <laughs> Lisa's going to share, guys. Okay. So, I guess it's my turn. I did not cheat and go out of my city. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I went with the city. It's in the city. It's in Winston-Salem. North Carolina. Okay. And I'm covering the Brookstown Inn. Hmm. Okay. So. Oh my goodness. No, no. Okay. No, 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 no. 
<laughs> she just looked at my notes and I have like 20 pages. There's here. a stack. <laughs> but some of it is just like, it, it has, it's not even notes. It's just to really just scare. Okay. No, it's not, not. <laughs> Threw me off. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Winston-Salem, North Carolina was founded in 1913. Mm-hmm. Um, it is nicknamed the Twin City or the Camel City. Camel City. Mm-hmm. It is actually a merger of two smaller towns. Winston and Salem were both smaller towns in the um, early 1800s. Mm-hmm. The origin of Salem dates back to about 1753, which is pre-Revolutionary War times. Mm. Winston was formed around 1850 and was actually named for a Revolutionary War hero, Joseph Winston. In the 1880s, there were two large factories in the town of Winston. One was a textile factory that was owned by Pleasant Haynes. The other was a tobacco factory owned by R.J. Reynolds. The United States actually ended up making Winston-Salem an actual uh, official port. In 1916, because the R.J. Reynolds Company was importing so much French cigarette paper and so much Turkish tobacco that the U.S. officials were like, okay, we're going to have to make this an official port, even though it was so inland. Um, And then by 1940, it was actually 60% of the workers in Winston-Salem actually worked at one of the two factories. Oh, wow. So if you were living in Winston-Salem at that time, you were either working at the textile factory or you were working at the tobacco Mm -hmm. plant. Pick one. Yep. (laughs) Do which hints the Camel City, Camel Cigarettes. What? Yes. Okay. So that's how it got the nickname Camel City. Um, other notable businesses around Winston Salem. Um, there's a bakery called the Winkler Bakery, that was actually established in 1799, and it's still operational today. Wow. 1799. 1799. I looked up the photos. I don't have one on me, but you can Google it. Mm-hmm. And it is, I mean, it looks like it's a building from 1799. Wow. I mean, it has been restored. You can tell that they've had to fix it over the years and sure. things like that. But yes, it's still in the same building. And you can actually purchase their cookies online. And oh. I plan on doing so. So okay. I'm very curious of how they taste. Another business in Winston-Salem was Miller's Clothing Store. It was a popular clothing store that opened between 1928 and 2016. They were the first store in Winston-Salem to offer bell-bottoms in the 1960s and was even listed in Playboy magazine as one of the most popular stores. Fun. I know. In 1929, there was Quality Oil Company that worked with Shell Oil Company distributing oil. In 1929 also, um, you know the hot sauce Texas Pete? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was introduced by a local business there, T.W. Garner Foods. Okay. But I was most excited when I found out that this was the location of the first Krispy Kreme. <gasps> Whoa. Yes. Okay. Yes. So as I was doing my research, I came across that Winston-Salem was the city that had the first Krispy Kreme donuts. Wow. And I got really excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a photo of it. We'll post it. Because, I mean, who doesn't love Krispy Kreme donuts? <laughs> anyway, so a little bit about the Krispy Kreme donuts, because I'm sure you all want to know. Right. Because <laughs> I did. In 1937, Vernon Randolph rented a building to make donuts for a local grocery store. As people were walking by, they could smell the fresh donuts, and yes. they kept stopping and asking and wanting to buy donuts as they were coming hot out of the oven. Well, Vernon Randolph just ended up 
saying like, okay, and he cut a hole in his building and he started selling donuts out of this hole in the building in Winston-Salem. <laughs> wow. I know. I loved it. It was, it was a nice little fun fact. That's just a little bit about the city, about the town, how it was two, became one, these two huge factories, the textile factory, the tobacco factory, just to kind of give you a little bit of background of the, of the town. Brookstown Inn is actually built from two former cotton mills in the town in, that were built around the 1830s. Yeah. So what like we're looking at almost 200, let me get my math right, yep, 200 years ago. Okay. Before it became the inn, you know, it went through several ups and downs from the 1800s, obviously. It went from being a cotton mill to being a place that the tobacco company also used. It was a storage warehouse for a really long time. Up until about the 1970s, it was actually a storage warehouse for quite a while. Mm -hmm. The people that owned the warehouse actually wanted to expand it and make it larger. But the city actually stepped in, and with the help of the community, they were able to list the building on the National Register of Historic Places. Yeah. So they ended up not doing the expansion, and now it's just this wonderful historic inn. Brookstown Inn actually opened in 1981, and it opened with 41 rooms and Daryl's Restaurant. (laughs) Daryl's. I know, (laughs) Daryl's. 41 rooms? That's a lot of rooms, Mm -hmm. too. The inn actually now has 70 rooms and 28 suites and over 11,000 square feet of venue space. Oh, wow. For, like, weddings and events and anything that you want to do like that. Yeah. Okay. So, as far as the building itself, you can imagine being almost 200 years old, and it went through a major renovation in the 70s. It's a beautiful brick building. Mm -hmm. It's four stories high, made with pine wood floors. When you walk inside it, it has brick on the walls. It's Mm -hmm. not, like, covered in sheetrock or anything like that. It has that exposing brick on the interior. It has the exposing wood beams Mm -hmm. on the interior. Um, It does have a very, like, factory-type vibe when you look at it. I'll pull up a picture. So I'm showing Robin a picture of the Brookstown Inn. That way she can kind of get a visual of what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. It's a very, you know, here's here's one of the rooms, (gasps) the interior. I love the room. Yeah, with the wood beam. Wow. It's so cozy, though. It is. It's very cozy. You almost see, like, rafters in the ceilings Mm -hmm. or something, too, Mm -hmm. in addition to the beams. Super cute. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Super cute. (laughs) For now. (gasps) (laughs) No, it is a very nice building. Um, Very, very beautiful interior. Currently has four and a half stars on the TripAdvisor, so it's got some good reviews. It does. And I combed through those reviews just looking for somebody to say, I heard a noise or I had to leave. TripAdvisor ain't got nothing. But I wonder if TripAdvisor censors that. (laughs) I I actually wrote that here in my notes. Really? Yeah, I was like, TripAdvisor censored it. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing I found related to ghosts in any review after I went through like 10 pages was that we did not see a ghost. Oh, wow. That was the only thing that somebody put relating to a ghost Mm. or hauntings or anything like that. So, yes, that made me wonder, like, all right, TripAdvisor. What you doing? But right. anyway, anyway, still good reviews. You can book you a room if you want to. I noticed today when I was looking on Halloween that for some reason the rate was much cheaper that day. Interesting. So I know. I was like, okay. I wonder why. I don't know, but get on TripAdvisor. You can find out. I wonder if the energy is more around Halloween and it's like we can't sell a room around Halloween so let's make it really cheap maybe maybe everybody's just like I don't want to mess with that on Halloween I heard it's haunted 
don't know. I don't know. It is a very nice place, though. Like, I would totally stay there. I mean, even after reading all this, which I'm going to get into, but it, it, it is very, very nice. So, like I said, I couldn't find any reviews on TripAdvisor, you know, related to any ghosts or any hauntings of this place. But apparently this place is a very well-known haunt in Winston-Salem. Like, everybody knows that the Brookstown Inn is haunted. Yeah. So, I hopped over to hauntedplaces.org. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> the Our first go-to. <laughs> Exactly. And I found several reviews from people that had stayed the night there and experienced things. So, and this is where I put my notes, TripAdvisor was obviously censoring things. Obviously. Because, I mean, there were several people. Yeah. I mean, several different rooms, several different things, all kinds of things happening. Hmm. For example, people that have stayed there have stated that they have heard children laughing in the hallways. And they go and they open the door and nobody's there, you know. Even one person said that they woke up to their bed violently shaking in the <gasps> middle of the night. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. People have heard their name being called and they're the only one in the room. I got to I gotta process that one. The what? violently shaking? The, I mean, both. The violently shaking and hearing your name. Because that's, that's not just a noise. That's intelligent and interactive. Correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nope. nope to all of these. <laughs> there were also reports that people would see things flying off shelves in the kitchen area. Mm. So just kind of like your standard haunted place stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I just kind of summed up all the reviews in one thing. So have you ever heard of a show called The Haunting Of? I might have seen it at some time, but yeah, maybe. Okay. So it's like The Haunting Of and then... It's usually like a celebrity that they'll do the name. So like the haunting of so-and-so, the haunting of... I think I have seen this because okay. I have seen the celebrity ones. Yeah. So that may be what it is. It's not celebrity ghost stories, but it's called mm. the haunting of. Okay. So as I was doing my research, you know, I love some visual. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to see if there was anybody that had like stayed there or ghost adventures had been there or whoever. And the only thing that I could find was this show called The Haunting Of, and it was The Haunting Of Lonnie Love. Oh, yeah, Lonnie, the comedian. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, I'm going to watch this. And throughout the episode, they don't name the hotel. They don't Mm -hmm. ever say the Brookstown Inn. Yeah. But I'm 90% sure it's the Brookstown Inn. Why why are you so sure? Because it looks exactly like it, Uh, and it's in North Carolina. Oh, okay. I don't know why they didn't say the the name. That just kept bothering me throughout the whole episode. I mean, maybe that's the same reason that there's no reviews about it on TripAdvisor that have to do with ghosts. Maybe they're like, we're not, this is not our image, guys. (laughs) This is not us. We are not associated with this in any way. No, it's not... I mean, past the vibe check. Um, it is owned by <laughs> Wyndham now, I think. Okay. So, gotcha. Um, could be. Could be. Somebody's doing their PR, uh-huh. cleaning things up, if you know what I mean. But really, you could just be getting more business because, you know, people are going to want to go and, you know, you, you get a different clientele that wants to go to a haunted hotel. This is true. This is true. This is true. I mean, you know. So, yeah. So, the show, The Haunting of Lonnie Love, she was talking about, she was doing a show at one of the colleges there in North Carolina. And the college offered her a place to stay, and it was at the Brookstown Inn. Ninety percent sure. Great deal. <laughs> uh, 
she she was like, I need a place to stay. This is where they're sending me, so I'm going to go there. Yeah. So she gets settled in for the night, getting ready to go to bed, turn all the lights off and everything, and the water in the bathroom comes on. Mm, okay. All right. So gets up, turns the water off, gets back into bed, doesn't think much of it. Boom. Comes on again. <gasps> and she's like, okay, you know, what is going on? So she gets up, turns the water off, goes back into bed. Just about to get to sleep, and then water comes on again, but this time, all the lights come on and start flickering. No. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And so she just hightailed it out of there. Right. As any person would. I would do the same thing. Yeah. So she left and never returned. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I wonder what in the world she said when she went down to front desk and was like, look, I'm I'm not going back up in there. Like, somebody's <laughs> going to have to go get my bags. Yeah. That would have been interesting to know. Yeah. Like, do, you know, did you hurry up and get dressed or did you just go in your pajamas out the door? You know, I don't know. Wow. Yeah. But she got out of there. Hmm. So part of the show, The Haunting of, is these celebrities go back to the place. <gasps> oh, wow. Where they experience Yeah. So she went back with a celebrity medium named Kim Russo. I think that's how you pronounce it. R-U-S-S-O. Kim. Could be. Yeah. Um, Anyway, she's this apparently well-known celebrity medium. So when they get there, you know, they're talking about what happened and all that stuff. And so then they finally go in and they go to the room that Lonnie was staying in, which is believed to be room 302, Mm -hmm. if anybody's wanting to know. Okay. Third floor. Third floor. Mm Mm-hmm. So when they go in the room, the celebrity medium immediately starts feeling a woman presence. Mm. Not anything malicious, more like a motherly type figure. And she kept saying that like she was feeling pressure on her chest and she feels like that this person went through something sudden and tragic. And she said she almost feels like an earthquake, but it's not an earthquake. And then she started talking about how she felt like her lungs were filling up with water. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which, you know, the water kept turning <gasps> That's on. That's right, the water. I the... didn't make that connection. Yep. I was thinking earthquake and the bed shaking. <laughs> so I found this story that happened in 1904 in Winston-Salem mm-hmm. where the water reservoir in the town burst and it released over 800,000 gallons of water into the city. And it killed nine people and destroyed like all the surrounding homes. In its oh, path. wow. And from what I could tell, because I was trying to figure out the distance between where that happened and the Brookstown Inn. Yeah. And the names of the roads had changed, obviously, since then, Mm -hmm. since 1904. But the consensus that I came up with is that it was maybe a mile away. Yeah. Okay. So pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. Because as the medium was talking, she kept saying that she felt like this woman's body was found close to here, mm. close to the hotel. Yeah. It was, it was just interesting that the medium could pick that up. There was this tragedy that happened a mile away. The water was turning on in her room. You know, just how it was all connected. In yeah. Way. Yeah. What was Lonnie thinking at this time? Uh, she, she, she was freaked out, which <laughs> as well she should be. But she had her quartz crystal on, so she was safe. It okay. was fine. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just kind of one story that I found interesting where there was things that correlated together. Mm-hmm. Uh, another story I had, during the time before the Brookstown Inn was a hotel, when it was a warehouse, they had to do some renovation to the warehouse, and one of the walls had to come down. Mm-hmm. 
So as the workers were actually breaking down the walls and doing their construction, they found a skeleton inside the wall. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Very Edgar Allan Poe. Very, very. Mm -hmm. And employees started saying that after they found that skeleton in the wall, that weird things started happening. Of course it did. Around the warehouse. Exactly. You just unlocked it. Like, it was back there for a reason, people. They did unlock it because you know what else they did? What? They named it. No, no. I mean, I was going to say they didn't know. They were just following their orders. They had their thing that they had to do, tear down the wall. They did not know that there was a skeleton back there, but respectfully put the bricks back up. Like, <laughs> hey, put those back. I know. So, okay. Do you know what they named it? Yes. Yeah, they named him Eddie. Of course they did. <laughs> of course. It's said that Eddie has very loud footsteps that can be heard on the pine floors in the hotel room. That people have reported they hear the man whispering in their rooms. Oh. And have gone so far to report that they can hear whispering inside the walls. Oh my gosh. I don't like that. Yeah. No. So how do they know the loud footsteps is Eddie? How do you not know? How do you not know? That's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) Do we do we know anything about why we think Eddie was behind the wall? No. I tried researching to see if I could find anything on it and I couldn't find anything on why he who who it actually was, why he was there, how he died, not really sure. Wow. So, mm. Uh I wonder what they did with him now too. Like, I mean, I'm sure they took him out. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, I wonder if he's like buried in like a local unmarked grave I or mean, something. Maybe. Or... I don't hmm. know. Somebody hmm. Google it and let us know if you know anything about this. So alongside with all the unexplainable noises and feelings being touched and the story of Eddie and people catch photos of orbs in the building. There is, of course, a main ghost in this hotel and her name is Sally. I'm surprised that Eddie wasn't the main ghost, but we got Eddie and Sally. We got Eddie and Sally. Yep. So this is the story of Sally. Back when the inn was a cotton mill, so maybe like the 1800s, late 1800s, early 1900s, the fourth floor was actually used as like a dormitory for the workers. So they each have a room and a roommate, and that's where they would sleep and stay. It's rumored that one night, a fight broke out between two of the female workers on the fourth floor, and it apparently escalated very quickly and became very violent, mm. and one of the women threw the other women down the elevator shaft to her death. Oh, no. Okay. Yes. That would be the woman that they now refer to as Sally. I also tried looking up for newspaper clippings on this mm-hmm. rumor. I could not find anything about it. I wish I could have, but I searched and searched and searched and could not find anything about it. It is believed that Sally's room was room 401 that is in the inn. And I've seen pictures of room 401 and it is a very nice room. It's got two beds, pine on the floors, pine on the ceilings. I think it had the exposed brick on it in it as well. But off to the side was like the bathroom and then there's like this tiny little nook. It's like the like it goes down into an angle and it's like a tiny nook off the back room. Yeah. Bathroom. Do you yeah. kind of know what I'm talking about? Where it kind of slants down and there's just kind of like a. Yeah, because it's the fourth floor. So th- what's above it is that the ceiling, the right. attic. So right. it's got to slope down. Yeah. 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 So that 
room looks a little creepy, but other than mm-hmm. that, it looks like a very nice room. I would stay there. I mean, mm. I wouldn't turn it away. Is you know? the elevator shaft the elevator that they actively use today? That I don't know. I would I wouldn't think so because it went under a major renovation in seventy seven. Right. So they probably not. They pro- everything was probably really updated and they may not even have the elevator where the elevator shaft was back yeah. then. So hmm. So going back to the haunting of Lonnie Love. When they were walking around the building, they went to, I think they went to the stairwell or to another room. I think they went up to the fourth floor. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. I can't remember. Anyway, the medium kept saying she kept feeling a woman's presence there, but not the same person that was in Lonnie's room. Right. This was a different female, a younger female, and she kept saying that she felt sad and that she was about to get married and her death was sudden and that she fell to her death. Oh, wow. So that's kind of like, a, like I said, maybe another validation mm-hmm. of this incident happening where the medium picked up on somebody falling to their death and all that. Yeah. So as far as the sightings of Sally, people have witnessed full body apparitions of a woman in a gray dress with red, wiry hair and oh. pale skin. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. There have been reports of Sally going back 100 years. So that's quite a long time to have several reports of her. People see her in the hallways, walking up and down the stairs. Guests and staff also report that they hear a woman screaming mercy in the middle of the night. Oh, no. Okay. Mm -hmm. And and the mercy thing apparently is like a very common thing, like just somebody shouting it. And they were fighting at the Mm -hmm. time, too. So maybe that was something that she actually said. Maybe it's... uh, Towards the end, yeah. Yeah. What what is that thing? It's almost like... uh, residual haunt it's like mm-hmm. where something it's like that, repeating the yeah yeah i would say that would be a residual haunt where it may be like repeating the same mm-hmm. which would be awful could you imagine having to repeat your last few minutes of your life in a tragic and dramatic way right you know? yeah oh. oh wow anyway in room 401 people have reported the feeling of tapping on the shoulders hair being pulled in the shower um Feet being touched at the end of the bed, impressions on the bed. People have even reported that they have woken up in the middle of the night and seen her face mm. right beside her. Oh, no, 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 yep. no, no, no. Yep, 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 yep. So she's uh, she's there. You know, of everything that I read, like, no one thinks that she's harmful or in, in mm-hmm. any way. Um, they don't get any type of negative emotions from her other than just feeling sad for her death you know but i, I know yeah okay so she, maybe she there's nothing malicious there but you're getting too close there's a lot of <laughs> touching and touching hair in the shower you uh, said pulled. Pulled pulling hair. pulling what? hair in the shower <laughs> this is too much too much touchy touchy boundaries back right. off <laughs> Anyway, yeah, like I said, they they don't think that she's harmful in any way. They think that she just is, like, just roaming, looking for her killer, Mm. which is sad. Oh, yeah. I wonder what did happen to that woman. I know. That she was fighting. I know. Hmm. But like I said, I couldn't find anything concrete, newspaper articles or anything about it. Well, that could have been one of the things because it happened on site. (laughs) Think about PR. Uh TripAdvisor was there. Right. (laughs) So a little cover up, like maybe the mill didn't want for that to get out, that their employees are fighting to the death. Um, <laughs> right. HR nightmare. Oh my gosh, yes, that is an HR nightmare. I couldn't <laughs> imagine the paperwork on that. Oh my God. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. 
so of course I had to go to YouTube because that's my favorite thing. I love to find, you know, um, investigators that aren't professionals right. that go out yeah. and do their own investigations. Just regular people just wanting to investigate the hauntings on their own. Mm-hmm. So I did find a YouTube video by Just Ghouly Things. Okay. Ghouly. Ghouly. Mm-hmm. Just Ghouly Things. Um, on YouTube. And it's two ladies that do it. And I'm probably going to butcher the first name. And I am so sorry, but I just do not know how to pronounce this. It's what we do here. Uh, it is. Uh, I think it's Anise. And Caroline. Anise, Anis, Anis. I'm not sure. I'm so sorry. I don't know how to pronounce your name. <laughs> if you can just send me a voice message saying how you pronounce your name, I promise I'll correct it on the next episode. Um, anyway, they did a really good job. It's just two young ladies who stayed the night. They went to 401. That's the room that they stayed in. Right. They conducted an investigation using dowsing rods and EMF, EVP. The video is about an hour long, but even during the video, like they felt tapping mm. on the shoulders in the room. They put out, I think, it, I think it was just their phone, but I guess that was maybe like an app where you can set out and the ghost can say like words to you or right. whatever. I'm not really sure what the technical term of that device would be. There's an app for everything. There's an app for that. But not a random Southern City generator. I was generator. just about to say, not yet. <laughs> Come on, app developers, get on it. Anyway, so they had, they had that sitting out so that they could um, hear words coming through the app. And there were several different words that came through. Blue eyes being one of them. Nice to meet you. When they ran their EVP, they asked if this was the entity that was tapping them on the shoulder earlier. And they did receive a yes on the EVP. Oh, wow. Um, There were several times where there was audio interference on their camera. I don't know what type of camera they have, but, you know, that's... It does happen, but it was happening, and then it was like it would fade out, and then fade in, fade out, and then fade in. Not, And it wouldn't do it constantly, just every once in a while. Interesting. Hmm. Um, they went to the stairway to do an investigation, and one of the girls actually fell down the stairs, <gasps> but she said she felt like she was pushed. Oh. She didn't say it felt like a forceful push, like malicious, but that there was something there, and she did fall. She was clearly shaken about it when she stood up. Although, I always shaken when I fall down the stairs because I'm old. So, <laughs> but she's a lot younger than me, so maybe, maybe, maybe she really did get pushed. I mean, that makes me think that that couldn't have been Sally because Sally doesn't, you know, she's just interested. So when they were doing the dowsing rods after the stairwell. Um, they were sitting in the hallway using them, and they even asked at one point, like, was that you that pushed me down the stairs? I don't think they got a yes on that one, but they asked, like, did you think that that was funny? And the dowsing rods went to no. Hmm. And then they said, oh, are you trying to apologize? And the dowsing rods went to yes. Oh. So it's like they felt bad. Like, yeah. oh, oops, maybe it was. got in my way. I'm sorry. Sorry. You know. So, or maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. Who knows? Towards the end of the video, you know that little slanted room that I was talking about? So one of Mm -hmm. the girls goes in there alone and sits there. And right as they're getting to close the door, the other girl who was filming with her phone, I think, actually captured an orb floating. And at the same time the orb was floating, the camera lens fell off the camera. Oh, wow. So that was kind of interesting. Like, was the camera stationary? It was. It was on a tripod. Oh, gotcha. So, uh uh-huh. So yeah, so that's pretty much all from that video. I just mm-hmm. I just love watching 
just regular people going into an investigation on a place that I have researched or anything like that, because I, I just want to see the regular people do it. I know what Zach Bagan does. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't want to see him doing it. I want to see just regular people out there being curious, doing their own thing, kind of like how we are. We're not mm-hmm. professionals by any means. No, so. there's, there's no high production behind this or no, anything. No, no. So I just love to watch those type of videos. They only have like three or four videos up, and I, they did another one with the Stroud House, and I know I've heard of that before, but I'm going to hmm. have to go back and watch it because I haven't watched it yet. But yeah, that's just googly things on YouTube. That's pretty much all the hauntings at the Brookstown Inn. Like I said, I've never, I didn't come across anything malicious, didn't mm-hmm. come across anything. You know, it's just a 200-year-old building with history, so you know things are going to happen. Yeah. I do have one more story, though, I want to share that I found interesting about the Brookstown Inn. Okay. On September 30th, 2013, a girl named Sally mm-hmm. showed up at the front doors of the inn looking frail and very malnourished and obviously starving. Yeah. Come to find out, she had been locked up on the back of a tractor trailer that was from Seattle, Washington, and ended up in the town of Winston-Salem and found her way to the hotel. What? That is so bizarre. The staff obviously welcomed her in, got her cleaned up, got her something to eat, and even a place to stay. The staff has loved her so much that she is now a permanent resident of the Brookstown Inn. Oh my gosh. She is also considered a local celebrity and the staff has been waiting on her hand and foot basically since 2013. So what, that was 10 years ago? Yeah. So she's been there since 2013, 10 years ago. She can be seen greeting guests at the front door, kind of keeping a lookout, making sure everything's okay. She's even made guest appearances at the wedding events Mm -hmm. and all the venues that they have out there. Her favorite thing of the hotel, though, is sitting in the big red chair in the lobby and spending time in the courtyard walking around and lounging around and taking cat naps. She will never turn down any treats, enjoys belly rubs, and <laughs> loves to have her pats on her head. Oh. She's a cat. I'd, okay. <laughs> For a second there, I was thinking, did I thought we were talking about a person. Did I miss her say that it was a person? <laughs> I had you going, though, huh? You did. <laughs> I was thinking, where did this woman come from? Because I was wholeheartedly thinking that you were talking about this poor woman that was kidnapped and (laughs) had somehow gotten out. And I was like, why didn't she go back? Was her family not looking for her? (laughs) So the funny story of how they found out that the cat was from Seattle, Washington, is that they actually used a microchip scanner. Oh, yeah. And they found out that the owners lived in Seattle, Washington. Mm -hmm. And that was the only thing that they could think of is that how the cat, like, you know, hopped on the tractor trailer and it got over to Winston-Salem. And apparently the owners were like, ah, it's going to cost too much money to send her back. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so she's just been staying, living her best life at the Brookstown Inn in Winston-Salem. And let me tell you, she's got a Facebook page. She's got an Instagram. Aww. She is living her best life down there. Let me tell you. Yeah. Um, I want to go just to meet the cat. Yeah, honestly, honestly, because it, she's so stinking cute. I followed her on Instagram now, so I'm oh one of the new followers. Well, you're also a cat person. I am. I love cats. <laughs> and she and that is the main reason why I did this story, because I was like, uh, they have a cat as a mascot for their hotel. Mm-hmm. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, I mean, I don't want that to like 
you know, rag on the owners, but the owners are clearly not dog people because <laughs> a dog owner would travel far distances to get their baby back. <laughs> I'm a cat lover. I would have. You would have. Yeah. I would have. I'd have been like, I will drive all the way there. I and know. Drive all the way. Back. Just keep her there. I'm on my way. <laughs> Ain't no way I'd be like, oh, nah. just keep her. I know. Oh my gosh. And she was microchipped. That's the purpose. Yeah. <laughs> and she had to be fairly young. I mean, because, I mean, that was 10 years ago. 10 years ago, yeah. So I don't know how old she is now. I didn't look that up. But. I wonder if now that's one of those things where they're going to always have a cat that looks like her named Sally. I hope so. Just... I mean, yeah, she's a beautiful cat. And people have done drawings. You know, there's things from kids doing drawings of her to, like, professional artists making paintings of her. Wow. I mean, she is a local celebrity in that town. So if you are in Winston-Salem, you guys really hit the jackpot with that cat right there. Let me mm-hmm. tell you, I've been all over that Instagram page, <laughs> all over that Facebook page. And I just love her. It worked. You got one. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's the story of the Brookstown Inn in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Never heard of the town. Super, super interesting. Yeah, I really... skeleton's getting me. Yeah, well, as soon as I read that, I just got through reading some Edgar Allan Poe the other day. Mm -hmm. The Black Cat. I mean, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. And when I came across that, I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it was really fun to do, to have a city that I knew nothing about, mm-hmm. doing the research, finding the perfect location. Really, Sally the Cat's the one that sold me on the location. Yeah. Because there were a few, especially in the old part of the Salem town, Yeah, that I could have done, you know, but I just had to talk about that cat. <laughs> That's why you saved it for last. I did. I did. And I was totally like, I'm going to make this, I'm going to make her think it's a woman. You really did. <laughs> Your face. It was so funny. Oh, but yeah. Man. I really, I really enjoyed it. So I can't wait to, uh, to do the next one and see what else I learn. I know. Speaking of, we're at the end of this episode. I think we should go ahead and do it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to get out the app. Okay. Do it. Let's see. All right. Random city generator. All right, let's start has, doing it. There All is right. no new app out since last week. Just oh my gosh, I got Missouri again. <laughs> Columbia, Missouri. Well, there you go. What? Oh my gosh. There's a connection. All right, well, good luck to you, Columbia, Missouri. Did, I, was that the first one? or did, did? No, there was another one that oh. was some sort of like island oh. that I know was obviously not, and that was the second one. Columbia, Missouri. I've never heard of Columbia, Missouri. I'm happy to go back to Missouri. I don't know anything about Columbia. Uh, I'm excited to start digging. Okay. Oh, hold on. Let me write it down. (laughs) Almost forgot it last time, but I was like, well, it was St. Louis. So, okay. Columbia, Missouri. I know you had such a big city last time. I'm hoping I get that one. I know you had to write yours down. Columbia, Missouri. Okay. All right. New York. (laughs) No. Nebraska. No. Delaware. No. Ohio? No. See, guys, this is why we need the app. (laughs) Iowa? No. Columbus, Georgia? Columbia, Missouri, and Columbus, Georgia. Okay. Okay. You can do that. I can do that. I I got this. All right, write it down. Come on, I gotta get my pen. (laughs) 
Columbus? Columbus, Columbus, Georgia. Do you know anything about Columbus, Georgia? It was named after Columbus. Did we do? Hold up. I don't. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. We, I think we did an episode on Columbus, Georgia. I think. We, and it was like the Booth Theater or something. The, or um, a theater that Booth was oh. at. and uh, uh, The but, Springer Opera House in Columbus, Georgia. Yeah, yes. we did. We did. So I, I got to th- find another one? I think you can still find another place in All Columbus. Right. Follow the rules. Unless I won't everybody gets one. <laughs> I unfortunately used my one, but you still have one. So if it's you get okay. in there and you can't find anything, you'll have to listen back to the episode and figure out what the the B rated haunt was. Oh, I know, man. It was a house. Kind of bummed now because it was a theater and then it was a house. Yeah, let's see. If you guys want to know what we're talking about, episode three: break a leg, a tombstone, and a finger if you touch Mary's things. Yep. <laughs> um, that one we talked about the Springer Opera House and the Fisher House. Mm-hmm. Both located in Columbus, Georgia. So I can't do either one of those. So if you guys want to send me something that would be a good idea other than the Springer Opera House or the Fisher House, I'd appreciate it. Otherwise, I'm just going to go to Google and see what I can find other than those two. And I'm going to Columbia, Missouri. Back to Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you're going back to Missouri and then I'm going back to the same episode that I did I in know. episode three. I I, what, what a coincidence that is. Well, all right. Well, I hope you all have a good month and happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Boo, y'all. Boo, y'all.